Welcome back into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's a Tuesday afternoon. You know what that means. It's time to talk about Matt Campbell's weekly press conference this, uh, this afternoon up in Ames. And then we'll hear from Coach Campbell here in just a few minutes. Welcome in uh, Cyclone Fanatic senior writer, Rob Gray. Rob, what's up today, my man? Not much, Jared. Just another game week. Uh, we obviously had a very raw uh, post-game show together um, uh, after technical difficulties uh, last Tuesday. Um, and, uh, you know, right back right back at it. Obviously, I had a little bit of a, a raw Twitter um, moment with this fellow that uh, yeah. reports to cover Kansas State Athletics, but... Yeah. Or have we made up with John Kurtz, the guy from uh, whatever, I don't even know what outlet he works for, who covers Kansas State? Have you made up with him yet? I, I mean, certainly I, I stood by the fact that to tweet that at that moment is both uh, kind of being a jerk and, uh, and also factually inaccurate. Um, but, you know, I, I, I other than that, I don't think I personally attacked the guy. I mean, so I, I, I think, yes, I, I certainly made it clear to him that as a, as a guy, as a human being, I wish him nothing but the best, but I stood by my initial assessment of that, uh, that tweet, uh, uh, of his. And you were after everybody I'm looking at your Twitter. Now you were after everybody that night, uh, with you went, uh, you, you quote tweeted Stuart Mandel. Yeah. Uh, you quoted another Kansas state guy. It, it like you were out for blood, my man. I appreciate it. I appreciate spicy Rob. Yeah. There, there are times when, uh, it, you know, I, I, I feel that, uh, you know, my emotions can, can run a little bit high and that certainly was the case. And I, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you appreciate it. I don't think I went, I don't think anything I certainly said was, was, wrong per se. No, maybe no, I didn't say anything wrong. I don't think I should have maybe engaged. I just uh, Stuart Mandel. I don't understand his, some of the things he just goes out of his way to do. Rap but, Master um, didn't even say thank you for a bottle of Cody road. Exactly. I, I still can't believe that. I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I don't know what to call that, but uh, it, it's, 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 it's just not nice. It's not no. nice. I did not like some of the not nice things I was seeing. So I decided to be not nice as well, but I'm back to being my usual uh, nice self today. As we uh, stare down another road trip to Norman, Oklahoma, or the cyclones do that is, you, you know, that uh, the world has, has turned topsy turvy when, uh, when Rob Gray, the champion of, of being nice on Twitter has, uh, has gone a complete heel turn and joined the NWO. And, and gone to the way of Chris Williams and just decided to wage war on everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it is topsy turvy indeed. And, uh, dra drastic times call for drastic measures, even if it's yeah. just one night that may or may not have been fueled up by a little bit of Cody road. <laughs> it's okay. We, we appreciate it, buddy. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's dive into Coach Campbell today. Nothing too incredibly earth-shattering as it generally is the case. But, um, you know, obviously reiterated all the respect that he has for Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley and what the that staff has done. You know, talked about how he doesn't see t a ton of difference between the Oklahoma offense, whether it's Caleb Williams or Spencer Rattler behind center for that team. Uh, what what was your big takeaway from Coach Campbell today? Um, I, I mean, just uh... – just yeah, as usual, as you said, 
Campbell stays the course every Tuesday as well. Very even measured. He had, he had a moment um, where he wanted to emphatically say that he, his goal is always for the team to be the best version of itself and not, Hey, we're going to win a big 12 championship or this is our goal and all that. Uh, but um, yeah, the, the usual stuff. I mean, yeah, obviously a season where a lot of, a lot of high hopes and now sitting at six and four after another gut wrenching type of loss. Um, he's still about staying the course. He's still about that. Hey, your story's not, written until the season's over and, and they can, they can still do a lot of things that they, that, that, that they plan to do. And I, I mean, dig into the personal development part of that. I know the relationships are big. You can tell there are going to be a lot of behind the scenes stories that come out of, uh, after this season. And I mean, he's hinted at it a couple of weeks ago, maybe some things guys are physically going through. I mean, I'd be, I, I'll bet a lot of guys have overcome a lot of things just to be on the field um, this season. And I think he has great respect for that, which is why maybe he bristles at, at questions that, that even though it's, it's what you're measured by as a head coach and as a football player results um, that he doesn't want to be defined by that. And uh, I got to respect that even, even though, you know, certainly as fans, you, you wanted this to be a step up from last season's unprecedented success for his new year's six bowl win best regular season record in the big 12 whisper away from, from actually winning the big 12 title. But sometimes you don't do the things you need to do in these close games. And, and sometimes other teams just make great plays like that ridiculous 62 yard field goal um, uh, for Jonathan Garibay for uh, Texas tech. And that's where we are. And um, you know, it's all, always interesting, but from a uh, schematics or X and O standpoint, a pretty typical week. The, uh, the oral history of the 2021 Iowa state football season that you write in 2031. And then we all read on, uh, you know, once Mark Zuckerberg gets us all into his metaverse, uh, you know, we read it on like our brain implants that we're going to have to get from Bill Gates. Like that, that's going to be fantastic. I already know. Um, I've already reached out to a few potential sources, so (laughs) it will be uh, deeply researched and then uh, 10 years, 10 years of researching deeply in that in 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 embedded into our genetic code so we're gonna be we're gonna be good there yeah we'll be good to go um i do want to talk a little bit about the thing you mentioned the moment when he you know emphatically denied the talking about the goals of winning a big 12 title and i think that is actually something that will probably turn some fans off and maybe have some fans scratching their heads a little bit and you know, I think we can maybe add some context. I don't even know if context is the right way to put it. Uh, what coach Campbell said, I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said. I think that the way he went about saying it probably could have been a little bit better, but like, that's just my own personal opinion. It's kind of like the situation last week with the video of the Texas coach where it's like, I don't think he said anything wrong. His messaging maybe could have been a little bit different. Uh, but the, the idea that they don't have the goal of winning the big 12 title or like any of those kinds of things. Like I, I don't want fans to think that like, that means, Oh, Matt Campbell doesn't want to win titles or win championships. Like, no, that that's insane. It's he's not going to come out into the media and verbalize those things because he does not want that to be the end all be all that that's the only goal, you know, and to say, we want to be the best versions of ourselves. 
you know, right or wrong that like leaves you some more wiggle room. And like, it's a lot more open-ended to where it's like, we're not going to put all of our fruit into the win a championship basket every year. We want it to be more of a, you know, subjective thing than what, what maybe it is uh, just winning a championship is. Yeah. And I think that's, that's exactly right. I mean, I, and coach Campbell has said it many times that if they do those things, if that, are able to excel in the margins and, and, and successfully deal with details and become, and again, it's a, it, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true and very um, motivating to people, the best version of yourself, <coughs> excuse me, um, thing, then those things are in play, right? I mean, it, the big 12 championship was in play last season because largely they did become the best version of themselves. Uh, and this season, the best version of themselves has been found wanting, uh, whether it be four turnovers against Iowa, whether it be the special teams miscues against Baylor, whether it be defense on its heels all day against a Texas tech team that had been wildly inconsistent, uh, and, and, and on and on you can go. And, and th the idea is that if you if your goal is to be the best version of yourself, then those other goals should be in play. And, uh, if there's anything that would amount to disappointment for him, just from an on the field standpoint, it's the fact that they haven't been able to do that one thing so that those goals are still in play. Uh, now as, as we're heading to the 11th game of the regular season and, you know, I, I get that some people might be turned off by that, but if you define yourself, you say, because I guarantee you there are coaches, especially a coach with, uh, who approaches the job uh, as holistically as Matt Campbell does. There, there are teams where maybe the record was better than another team, but he would tell you that the team with not as good a record was more quote unquote successful. And for a variety of reasons, that aren't measured by how many times do you talk about the outside world to measure you by wins and losses? I'm, we're, you know, I'm going to measure you by something else. And I, 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 I think that's what he was getting at. I think that's why he was emphatically trying to say, no, I don't come out and say, Hey, every year we expect to compete for a big 12 title or that I say, we're going to do this because he feels like that if they do do that uh, again, all that stuff is in play. Unfortunately, not, this season at this point, but still <laughs> gut wrenchingly close mm -hmm. to still being in play. And at the end of the day too, like to say you want to win the big 12 title, that's a results oriented goal. Yeah. And he talks it's so not, much yeah. about being process oriented, you know, becoming yeah. the best version of yourself is process oriented. That's not, you know, not a tangible thing, you know, like we can't look at a specific thing and say, did this team be the best version of itself? You know, I think that everybody, if they're being honest, will probably look back on this season and, you know, they've got two games left to make some kind of dent in this, but I think that we'll probably sit here and say, well, did they become the best version that they possibly could be? Probably not, you know, but like, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was a failure, you know? And if you say, well, our goal is to win the big 12 title and you don't win the big 12 title. Well, then you failed, you know? And yeah. like, I, I, 
again, I think that it probably could have been delivered better than what it was. And it was just like a weird, it was just a weird sequence that people are going to hear in just a few moments, but I don't think that the way that it came out is exactly what he meant for it to be. Uh, all right. Last thing, injury updates. Will McDonald sounds like he practiced yesterday. Uh, should be good to go, you know, but we, like, like we talk about every week, we've heard that a lot and guys end up not playing or whatever. Yeah. I think the fact that he was able to come back in the game after sitting out for a lengthy period of time is, is encouraging, but um, you know, and, and other guys, I think a lot of guys on that defense are banged up and um, that's not going to change. And that's why, you know, I, one last thing on best version of yourself, coach Campbell always says it's defined at the end. And if these guys can finish strong, I mean, again, Kyle Kemp game in 2017, out of nowhere, 2019, most of the stadium left. I was covering that game in Norman. They're down 21 heading into the fourth quarter, come within a whisper, a two point conversion of winning that game. Um, there's still a lot for them to achieve. And, and if they finish strong, they can end as the best version of themselves, even as an individual games, especially the losses. Uh, you, you would certainly say they, they fell short in that area. At the end of the day, too, nine and four is nothing to sneeze at in the history of Iowa State football. So yeah, nor nor would nor would eight and five be, or nor would whatever. If you, I mean, it, it's the program. As I've stressed many times, I grew up in Ames. Nobody ever thought. I mean, nobody ever thought Iowa State would have a chance to win every football game on its schedule, and that's been the case now since 2017, and. That's remarkable. That's mind blowing. And uh, yeah, I know when you, you, you want to be more, it, 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 it's an unbelievable achievement that, that can't be, that is part that is partly measured by wins and losses, but it's more measured by the, the, the quality of people and the relationships they build and all the things that Campbell uh, stresses. So a lot's still out there and, uh, none of it will ever be easy as always, but, uh, certainly, certainly got a chance to, to, to finish very strong. He's cycle fanatic, senior writer, Rob Gray. Uh, Rob, we'll talk to you again here later on in the week, but, uh, time to hear from coach Campbell. All right. Yes, sir. All right. We'll toss it on off to him. Here's coach Campbell's press conference from earlier today. All right, guys, uh, we'll get rolling. Um, you know, first and foremost, let's talk a little bit about this coming week. You know, uh, certainly another great challenge. Uh, so much respect for this Oklahoma team and program. And, um, you know, it'll be a really great challenge for our football team to continue our growth process. And, you know, obviously even from last week's game, a lot of real positive and some obviously some areas that weren't as good as we needed it to be or wanted it to be. But I think a, another great opportunity for this team to continue to grow ourselves forward. So with that said, you know, Randy, go ahead. What do you, what do you suspect Oklahoma is doing at quarterback? And if there's uncertainty, how do you, how does that uh, affect your game planning? Yeah, I, I really don't. All, I don't any. think much from ours. You know, I, I think they're so similar, and you know, you got to give, you know, Coach Riley a lot of credit. He does a great job in the development of those at that position group, and you know, I think both of them extremely athletic, can make all the throws. Um, you know, I don't see offensively there being great changes in terms of what they do, um, you know, when either quarterback's in the game. So, you know, I think we've kind of just more put our thought process on ourselves, knowing that I don't think there's a great schematic difference 
between either quarterback in the game. When we talked to Brock and Jake after the game on Saturday, they were pretty candid with their level of disappointment. I think your guys' track record of dealing with adversity speaks for itself. But is what they were talking about disappointment this time of year something different and that you have to approach differently or attack differently than any other type of adversity? No, I really don't think so. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you either win or you lose, and then you gotta you gotta wake up the next day and you gotta move forward. And you know, we're as I've always told our kids, we'll be defined at the end of the season by who we are and what we've become. And so, um, you know, I think every game, every day brings a new situation and challenge that you have to deal with. And, you know, obviously disappointment is part of the business. And, you know, you, you got to figure out the why. You got to figure out then how do you move forward from it and try to continue to pound away at some of the mistakes um, that, that we need to clean up to continue to be the best version of ourselves with great consistency. Um, I think there's been a lot of great versions of ourselves. I think at times the consistency of that has probably been a hair off at times, and the hair off has gotten us um, into some challenging situations that we haven't been able to always overcome. It looked like Will McDonald was in and out of the game on Saturday. Yeah. What's he dealing with, and how how is he? Yeah, you know, just dealing with the strain um, early in the game, you know, to his credit, you know, was able to come back in in the second half, did a great job. Um, but I do think he'll be he's going to be fine and was on the practice field for us yesterday. Yeah, it was more of a kind of a hip deal where, you know, just got hit in the like the almost like the funny bone of it. So, you know, was able to work through and got himself back into the game. How do you as a coach view goals? Because at the beginning of the season, you, your players, the goal was Big 12 championship. Oh, not me. That was never my goal. Okay. My goal has always been one thing, and that's to become the best version of ourselves we can become. So you've never heard me say that word once. Um, you've only heard me talk about becoming the best version of yourself you can be. And really, my challenge for this year's team was to become the greatest together team in the history of Iowa State football. And so far, all of our goals are still intact from a Coach Campbell standpoint. Now, could our players have other goals and aspirations? Sure. Do I want them to have great goals and aspirations? Sure. But that's not Coach Campbell's goal. That was never said by me. How have you evaluated your offensive lines play the last two weeks, specifically the run game piece of it? Uh, yeah, you know, obviously yeah, um, frustrating a little bit last week in terms of, you know, the the standard of what we would like to do. I, Texas, I thought our guys did some really good things, to be quite honest with you. You know, you were up against a very unique challenge, and I would say you're also getting two weeks in a row where every person in the box that could be in the box is there. And so, you know, uh, I chuckle a little bit when people kind of come after the offensive line and, and that don't know football and don't realize that there's nine guys standing in the box, you know, trying to suffocate the running game. That doesn't take the that doesn't take off that we can be better and need to be better because there was times where we were not the standard of what we wanted on Saturday. But, you know, I don't think it's some global perspective of, oh, my goodness, we are so far off there. I, I think there were some things, you know, and when the game had to change, we protected and did some things really well on the offensive line, I would say as well. So, you know, I, you look at the rushing numbers, they're not to the standard that we want them to be. Um, I think their style of game how that game got to, what those guys did to get, get us back in the game, I thought was excellent. Um, but there are some areas that we got to continue to shore up and clean up. I'd say inconsistent is, is probably the answer to the question that you're looking for. When we talked to Brees after the Texas game, he said, you know, at halftime, you told him just, hey, stay patient. We know what you're capable of doing. I'm curious, what was that conversation like on Saturday? You know, obviously, like you said, the running game wasn't up to the standard. Well, when you're down and you got to throw the ball, 
we're going to throw it to you. So you got to be a better football player in the passing game than the run game. And I would say some of the plays that he made in the passing game may be in some of the greatest plays you'll ever witness at the history of Iowa State. So pretty impressive. When you're talking nine guys in the box, how do you guys in real time determine when, okay, we're going to have to just keep feeding Brees because obviously he's super talented versus, okay, now we need to pivot and try something else. Well, I still think you can feed Brees, and that's my point on that. Like, Brees, Brees is what makes Brees really special is Brees doesn't just have to get the ball by getting that ball handed off to him. Brees can get the ball through the air. He can get it in some different situations. And, boy, I think our ability to adjust in that game was maybe one of the more, more positive things I came away with was, man, we kind of went in thinking we are going to be like this, and next thing you know, you're down fast. And it's like, shoot, you got to be able to, to readjust and put yourself back in, a, in the game to go win the football game. And I, I'll be honest with you, I give Coach Manning a lot of credit. I give our staff a lot of credit because you had to flip the script really fast. And, you know, I give Brock a lot of credit too because I think he was able to, to kind of, you know, really be – in a great rhythm through the through the third and midway through the fourth quarter that kind of gave us that ability to get right back in the football game and almost had a chance to win it. But, um, you know, that that was a unique challenge for sure. And so I think Brees, you got to be able to get him the ball multiple ways and it's not always going to have to be there. And and you do have to be able to block nine guys in the box at times, too. So um, we've done that here. We've been able to do that well. Um, you know, we weren't as good as we needed to be at times on Saturday to do that. What's that adjustment? That's me saying, listen, <laughs> guys, it's a different ball game than what we planned for, and we got we to gotta switch. And, you know, I, I think that guy that got said right after the, you know, right after the third quarter, when right after the first two series of the third quarter, and said, listen to me, we're, we're, we're totally revamping how we're going about this. You know, we're going to have to play fast. Brock, we're putting it in your hands. You know, Tom, we're going to throw to open up the run game, and we got to play with, we got to play fast because we're up against time. And their ability to handle that, and that's where it's great to have a veteran quarterback. It's great where you have great consistency. I mean, literally, I think that adjustment gave us every opportunity to win the game at the end of the football game. So credit to those two. This may be a dumb question, and I just thought of it now, so it probably is. But <laughs> I, I, yeah, because I, 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 it could go like, anywhere. This, Maybe I'll give a dumb answer. No, this is like with this is like with all due respect, oh, and yeah, you know what's yeah, coming out you. next is not yes. good. Um, with all no, um, why don't you play fast all the time? Why don't not you? Why don't teams play fast all the time? Because in this instance, the only mm -hmm. team I watch hardly for the most part, when you play fast, things go well. Uh, occasionally, right? And and so when you play fast and it doesn't go well, okay, who do you who do you who do you put it at a disadvantage? You put your defense at a disadvantage. You put everybody in in the. <laughs> all the other people at a disadvantage. You know, I, I've been the guy that was the no huddle offense and yeah. coordinated that and coached that my entire life. So, you know, I, I think what what the challenges are is, and you know this, and this is where the smart question is and the smart answer is, man, here's the deal. We have to play in great rhythm. Every game's got a different rhythm. You've hear, heard me say that a million times. And you try to establish your rhythm early in the football game to get the game in the rhythm that you really feel like it's going to allow you to win the game. And sometimes that is playing fast from the get-go. And sometimes, you know, it's, man, doing a great job of converting third downs and keeping the defense off the field and, you know, all those kind of things. And so I think we're always trying to manipulate the game in our advantage 
because we are who we are and we know team football and getting the game into our advantage is what has proven over the last five years to allow us to win the game. And so there is points in times where, yeah, fast and speed is 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 good. Um, there's also points in times when it's necessary. So, you know, we were in a game Saturday where it was absolutely yeah. necessary. Last Wednesday, when we talked to, to the coordinators, uh, I'm going to paraphrase Manning, but I, I've, got the gist, I've got the gist of it right. He was talking about Chase, and he says to him, Chase is Iowa State football. What's he mean by that? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, if there's going to be a, if there's ever going to be a salute to this era of football um, here at Iowa State, I, I think the, the pillar of that should be around Chase Allen. You know, I mean, nobody cares about this place more in terms of, you know, boy, Chase had a multitude of different opportunities to go to a multitude of different schools that had far greater traditions and far greater success at the time. And, you know, Chase has come here and what he's overcome what he does for our football team day in and day out. And whatever picture they put for Chase Allen, it should be the one, the hurdle that he had last, last Saturday as the pitcher, because man, that's him. He's always straining. He sacrificed his body. He sacrificed his eligibility. He sacrificed leaving for the NFL early. He sacrificed going to school X, Y, and Z to come here and make a difference. And to me, you know, again, what's it mean to be a great cyclone? I think it means to give more of yourself than you take from the program, and that is Chase Allen. Um, so, you know, we're, we're beyond proud of him. Who he is is, is really special, and, and who he is has made our program really special. Matt, obviously Oklahoma is tough to beat, period, but especially at home. You guys go and get them in 2017 at Kyle's game. 2019, you had the big comeback. You almost get them. What's enabled you guys to handle that atmosphere and that stage there in Norman? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think for us, it's just, you know, we, we try to take every, you know, you know this, right? Like, man, we just try to take every game one game at a time. We try to do everything in our power to give ourselves the best opportunity to win. And, you know, what a what a consistent challenge it is going up against these Oklahoma teams. You know, I mean, they're well coached. There's elite talent. Um, you know, they, they do things the right way on on and off the field. And so it, it's, a, it's a great challenge, you know, for our teams anytime we go there. And, you know, I think playing there is, is unique because it's such a special place to play with great tradition and great history. But, you know, I, I think from our end, it's just, man, what are you trying to do to Get, get off the field on third down and, and try to get one more first down. And, and I think that's how you feel when you, when you got to play these guys because, man, what you're going against is elite. And always say the story's not finished until the season's finished. How would you reflect on the story so far? I think a, week, a couple weeks ago you talked about some maybe hidden struggles some guys have had. How would you just re reflect on the story to this point. Oh, I, I think it's powerful so far. Um, you know, obviously there, there's, there's all things, and I, I really haven't put much time in the reflection. But I think the the greatest, the greatest joy that I still take every day is, man, it's gut wrenching to go into a locker room after a loss, it, when you see, man, like, the, man, the, uh, they're down because they care because they have left everything on the field. Now, was it perfect all the time? Maybe not. Was our detail perfect all the time? Maybe not. But what some of our guys are going through physically to just get themselves on the field on Saturday, what our guys are going through in terms of leadership and preparation through, man, hey, I maybe not getting the result that I exactly wanted, but I show up every day and I'm still the same guy and I'm growing and I'm growing others around me. 
man, that, that's what we've stood for. You know, again, we didn't stand for, you know, what the outside world wants us to stand for. I, as I've said, I really don't care what the outside world wants us to stand for. We're going to care and stand for what we know it's going to take to be successful here over the long haul and with great consistency. And so, you know, I think that's what I'm really proud of. And you know what, man, coming back even on Saturday or Sunday, Monday, boy, I, I've seen nothing short of exceptional. So um, I look forward to the, to the challenge again in the week. And, and again, another great opportunity, another great challenge this week. When you, uh, you talked about A players getting A's and, and the grading system like in the past, but is that something that you guys apply to coaching or results as well, or is that something you kind of look back on after the season's over? No, I think we're, we're constantly in that. You know, at least I know from my standpoint, I am with myself and our staff. And, you know, I think you're always trying to put your kids and our kids in a position to be successful. And I think you're always saying, boy, did we do that? Did we not do that? Do we have to make adjustments? How are we going about that process? And I, I think it always starts there. And I think it then goes into the evaluation of everything else. But I think from our end, it, it has always started with self-evaluation and self-reflection between myself, our coaching staff, and then trickles down to, man, where else can we help these guys be their best version of themselves? To piggyback off of that, I mean, where have you seen maybe the biggest challenge for yourself coming out of these losses or wins uh, over the season? Yeah, I think staying the course of be who you say you are. You know, I, I think it's easy to get caught up emotionally with, man, the disappointment of not getting a result. And yet, man, I've sat here and preached this for the last five years of <laughs> you'll get as your work deserves. And at the end of the day, you know, our greatest journey here is we got to become the best version of us. And there's some unique dynamics that, that we're battling this year, which is awesome. And I think those are all opportunities of growth. And if you're willing to put your ego aside and grow from positive and negative, then man, just at the end of the day, somewhere along the line, we're going to continue to be the best version of who we are and what we've got the ability to be. And you know, that's a great thing about this team. There's still time left for those things to continue to occur with the consistency that we'd like to see those things occur. And then of your underclassmen, who would you say has maybe made some of the biggest strides, strides this year in, in advancing their game? Yeah, boy, I think that's a, it's a really good question. And, you know, I, I, when, I, when I look at a guy like Trevor Downing, I, I would say, you know, I know the O-line's taken a little bit of heat, so forgive me. But uh, he's played as exceptional as any offensive lineman that I have seen. You know, his, his, his grade out for an offensive lineman has been the highest grade out with consistency that I've seen the last five weeks. I think he's playing remarkable football right now. Um, you know, I, I, you look at Jalen Knoll, man, the growth this young freshman made from where he was in week one to who this guy is. And this is a freshman football player stepping on the field now and making big plays and big moments for us. I think th those are really positive. Those are two guys I would say on offense. And, you know, I think behind the scenes, you know, Hunter Deckers and the growth that he continues to make and not getting the results. There's another guy, man, you're not getting the results you want. You want to be on the field playing. And, you know, can you keep pounding away? So we're all dealing with those things. And then on the defensive side, you know, I think Isaiah Lee, his growth from where he was at the start of the season to where he is now, again, I'd say the last four, three, four weeks that he's played, 
boy, he's been nothing short of remarkable. You know, Bo Freiler's a young guy that that, that has been, um, boy, just a special, special young freshman that's stepped in and done some great things. And so I guess off the top of my head, those would be the guys that I would single out. But those are young guys that, boy, they have the it factor that, that you know, some of our great older players have certainly played the game with. Last week, you talked about Charlie's intensity and his will to win. You know, given that he's from Norman, he grew up in the shadow of this university. Have you noticed that maybe in a week like this, his intensity goes up? You see that, you know, he's going home to his friends and family, and this is a game that means a little more to him. Yeah, I, I know it means a lot for Charlie to go home and play in front of friends and family. It would for anybody. Um, but I, I think if, you know, and this isn't a, a snide remark, this is, man, if you watch the second half of the game last week, and you want to see competitive excellence and you want to see what it looks like and you want to see like, man, giving everything you got for the betterment of the team. I think that's Charlie. And so I think that's what I love about Charlie. He doesn't need emotional attachment. And, and again, I think we some of those emotional moments, you know, those are areas we're still trying to find consistency as a team. You know, boy, Chuck is, is a guy that, that lives it every day. And I think that's why he's such a special player. And I think that's why, um, you know, obviously for him, he's one of the elite players at his position in college football right now. You said there was some unique challenges that this team is battling that were awesome. Is, are you talking about expectations there? Oh, I, I, I'm really not. No, I, I think there, there are some things just, man, internally that I think, you know, at the end, at the end we'll talk about. But, you know, I, I think just the, the physical guts of our kids, I think the, the will to keep swinging and what some of them have battled through to get to where they're at right now, I think has been really impressive. And, and so I think I'm probably more talking about that than anything else. If we knew the true extent of your injury situation, which I, I, I get, sure. how would we react? What would we say, do you think? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of it is, you know, intriguing. Um, and a lot of it has certainly been challenging. And a lot of it um, has been warrior effort. And that's probably the greatest extent that I can go with that one. You know, but I, I think the, the fact of it is, man, there's been a lot of guys that have put it on the line for the betterment of this school and this football team. All right, guys, thank you.